I'm doing good today, you know. No, that's good. I'm glad you're doing good. How is the weather in Ohio? When I left there, it was interesting. It is disrespectful is what it is. So Mm. I woke up this morning because they said yesterday that we were going to get a bunch of snow this morning. And I was like, I woke up and looked out and the snow had not come. And so I was like, listen, we, we Gucci, we good. And I started to get ready for the day head out, do all that. Um, And by the time I had gotten myself together, I looked out and it was a winter wonderland. So not the winter wonderland. Yeah. David took one car. He was taking the the child. uh, I said the child. (laughs) He was taking Liam to, um, to daycare and he called. He had to turn around and come get the other car with the four wheel drive because he said the roads was, they was tripping. So it's disrespectful up here. Yeah, that's how I feel. It, it's yeah, it's definitely disrespectful down here in the great North Carolina. But um, hopefully it'll be beautiful the rest of the week. But yeah, I thought I'd check in. Thought I'd Amen. Check in. So we are back again for episode two. Can you believe? Yes. It? So this is a great start to like jump right into the topic for today. I believe that like we have such a powerful um, episode today where we're going to be talking about limiting beliefs. And so we want to first just pause and let you all know that this subject can be difficult or challenging to talk about, and it can be difficult and challenging to process and to work through. So we do want to put that Disclaimer out there um, for everybody who's listening that we are diving into something that is deep today, something that is life changing and can impact your life um, both negatively and positively. And so thank you for joining us on this journey as we talk about the limiting beliefs. But just want to put that out there before we get started. Amen. Before we get started. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So limiting beliefs. I think that this is just something that is so so significant in the the lives of people today, especially in our society, because we are told, we are told how to think, we are told what to believe, we are told how to act, how to show up in a space. Uh, We are told that our our being is uh, so connected to how other people perceive us and what they think about us and, you know, our worth and all of those things. And so I think it's just powerful that we are diving into this today. So before we get a little bit deeper into limiting beliefs, I think we should start with a definition. Come on. (laughs) I think we should talk about what is a limiting belief? And so when we think of limiting beliefs, okay, we can take, you know, context clues. It's something that is limiting, something that is a, a deterrent, a hindrance. And so by nef- definition, a limiting belief is a state of mind or belief about yourself that restricts you in some way, fashion, or form. Limiting beliefs often have false accusations that you may feel about yourself or that may come from other people and how they feel about you. But the ultimate thing about limiting beliefs is that they can cause a whole bunch of negative results in your life. The impact is negative. And so when we are talking about limiting beliefs, we want to make sure that we're all on the same page as to what 
this looks like and and how we are defining limiting beliefs, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, we're, we both seem to be definitions people, Um, but I looked up some synonyms for the word limiting. So a couple of them were tightening, Mm. constricting, confining, lessening, suppressing, and restricting. So I got, uh, according to JulesThoughts.com, I made my own definition. Come on, JulesThoughts.com. Limiting beliefs make up a root system that prohibits and hinders a person from doing and being all they were created for in the earth. Come on, somebody. Uh Uh-uh. What you say? What you say? Repeat that. I I said limiting beliefs. Uh Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. They make up a root system that prohibits and hinders a person from doing and being all they were created to be. Uh, created. All that you've been created to be. Uh-huh. Come on and preach a word. For Come in on. the earth, point blank, period. Come on, somebody. Yes. And somebody came on. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, but yes, so, so limiting beliefs really build a wall around mm-hmm. a person's life. And until they're really one identified until they're broken down, until they're destroyed, and then something better, something more healthy is built up, they're going to continue to hinder movement. They're going to continue to slow progression and ultimately deter change from happening. Can we just pause right there? Because you just preached a whole entire sermon and gathered people's lives. You said something must be broken down and then built back up. Like, We're not going to walk over that. Like when we are addressing and talking about limiting beliefs, something must come down. Yeah. Something must be torn down. Something must come down to the surface, get to the root of the issue, which is a part of Jewel.com's definition of limiting beliefs. Uh Get get to the root of the issue so that then you can therefore address the root and then build and nurture the root back up. Like, yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, That's yeah. Good. But I know that there's this quote, it's like this popular, popular quote. And you know, folks be plagiarizing out here and and I'm but I'm not gonna do it. I'm Don't not do gonna it. do it. Don't so do I it believe, I believe that Mr. Earl Nightingale was the one who said this quite some time ago, decades ago. He said that the mind moves in the direction of our currently dominant thoughts. And I wanna break that down. I want to talk about that and talk about how. A lot of times our most dominant thought, our most dominant belief system, how it shows up and has the ability to show up in our life and cause our life to move in the direction of that thought. So let's talk about that. Yeah, no, that's super, super powerful. Dominance, when I when I think of dominance, I'm like, that's something that's so significant. It's weighty. It's heavy, Right. It is protruding sometimes. It is something that is intrusive in in your everyday doing and being. And so when we think of dominant thoughts, what are those things that continue to run through our minds, that continue to be at the forefront of every decision we make, everything that we that we speak, how we show up in an environment? It's, it's those things that are that are dominant. You know, we can take the idea of self-esteem. And if you have low self-esteem, those types of thoughts that surround that, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not able to do this, or one that I used to say all the time was, I can't. And someone paused me and, you know, stopped me one time and were like, what did you just say? And I was like, I can't do that. And they were like, who told you that? 
who said you can't do that? And so when I begin to really think about the language that I was speaking, oh, that's so good. Okay, so when I started thinking about the language that I was thinking, because the thing about our minds that they're so... They're so unique. Our minds only do what we tell it to do. It only it only moves by what we speak to it. And so Come if on. I continue to tell myself that I cannot do something, then ultimately I'm not going to be able to do something because I have I have literally told my mind what it was going to do or what it was not going to do. Listen. Like that's so powerful. And so I started to reflect on why am I saying I can't do this? And the truth of the matter was I didn't try. <laughs> so I didn't know if I could do something or not. I just hadn't tried it. So my a better response was, I'm not sure if I'm able to do that yet, but let me try. Absolutely. Right? Or reframing that. And so when I think about those dominant thoughts that are in my mind, it, it showed up everywhere. I can't show it up in school. It showed up in work. It showed up in my family. It showed up in my relationship. It showed up in my finances. Like it showed up in my health. Like I was like, oh yeah, I can't do that. Mm-mm. And so my body responded to, I can't, and we didn't, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> my pocketbook responded to, I can't, and I didn't, right? And so I had to reap the the aftermath of what I spoke to my mind. I had to reap the aftermath of the, the actions that I put into place and the behaviors that I um, subcome to, subcame to. I had to put into practice reframing my mind, reframing my mind and allowing myself to think differently so that my dominant thoughts were not intrusive and they were not opposite of what I was actually trying to obtain. And I loved what you said, like about what you were speaking, what you were speaking, because it literally leads and guides is what I heard you say. And there's actually, uh, I think it was the the great apostle James did some teaching about um, how our tongues are like the rudder of a ship and they literally guide our life. They guide our body, um, obeys the words that we speak. And that's why our words are so powerful, powerful, powerful. Mm -hmm. And they come from our belief system. And our belief system is critical. Our belief system is very critical. When our belief system is broken, it is a very dangerous place to live from um, and a a very dangerous place to um, experience life from. Okay, so for y'all that are listening, Jasmine knows this, obviously. But for y'all that are listening, I have two dogs, one of which is Mr. Nico Dante White, okay? He's a boxer lab mix, and that's my baby. But um, periodically, when Mr. Nico would do something that was suspect and he needed to go in time out, he would get sent to his kennel, okay? Follow me, I'm going somewhere. So he would go to his kennel, and Mr. Nico would, I usually would close the kennel behind him and like lock the door, right? So this is the, the process that he's used to. Mommy sends me to my kennel. The door gets locked. I'm in here till she unlock it. Let me out. So this one particular time I sent him to his kennel. I was like, you tripping. You got into the trash. Go to your kennel. Go lay down. I, the door kind of like closed behind him, but nobody went and like locked the door. But Nico is used to the door being locked, used to not being able to get out the kennel, whatever. So this time, his time was up. He did his little time. And I said, brother, come on out. You come on out. Go go lay down. Go do something. And he would not move, y'all. Nico obedient for real, for real. He really is obedient. But he would not move. And so I'm like, Nico, get out the kennel. I'm telling you, you can come out the kennel. Come on out. Go lay in your dog bed. Go do something. Go eat. Go drink. Do, do something. Live your best life. 
he would not move out this kennel. And so it took me a while. I started like throwing out treats like you want a treat. I started saying all the things to try to get him to come out of his kennel. And so I finally realized I went and stood over by the kennel and I finally realized this dog thinks this kennel is locked, Mm. even though it's not locked, even though he has full access, full ability to nudge it with his little nose and walk right out in his mind, he's caged and he's locked and he can't get out. And because that's the, the, the thing that he has learned over time from his experience in his kennel. Every time I go to the kennel, I'm locked until mommy unlocks the door and lets me out. This time, the door just simply closed a little bit behind him, but he still, because of his experience and because of the track record that his kennel time has had, he thinks he's locked. He thinks he can't get out. And so I finally realized that's what was happening and I went and I said, hey, the door is not locked. You can, you can come on out. But that just goes to show, I was thinking about that, and it goes to show how our experiences really do shape the what we believe in any given moment, in any given situation. They shape our beliefs. They shape our actions and our ability to move. He couldn't even get up. He didn't even get up to try to see if he could get out. He just knew that that door was locked, but it wasn't. Jewel, that's so like life changing because like what you just literally said is that so many times those dominant thoughts that we have in our minds have hindered us so much. They have taught us so many things that are not true, which goes back to that definition. It's false accusations. It's false beliefs that we've taken on and and believed about ourselves. And they're literally keeping us caged. They're keeping us in boxes and they're keeping us in in jobs and in relationships and in positions that are causing us to come out of alignment with our life, with the life that we've been called to live, come out of alignment with the purpose that we've been given, come out of alignment out of some relationships that we're actually called to stay into and nurture and called to be a part of the process in other people's lives. But because we have been in these limiting spaces and these limiting mindsets and these patterns of behavior, we're literally caged when all when ultimately we're free. Free, free. Free, free. Like literally freedom is right. If you take a step, you step, hallelujah. If you take a step, you step into freedom. Listen. Literally. Lit- that's powerful. I'm about to, I'm about to, I don't even know what I'm about to do. I'm over here moving though. I'm shaking and um and I'm rocking back and forth in my seat. Come on, somebody. Because- but but that's literally how, and I know that, you know, there may be podcast listeners that are listening to this episode that don't know what we're talking about, but 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 and that's okay. But but sometimes there that is how the enemy works. That's literally how the enemy works when thoughts come into our life. And I think it's so important. We talked about this a little bit, and I know that we want to give some keys and some solutions. We don't want to just talk about limiting beliefs the whole time, but we we talked a little bit about like okay, first we have to identify that a thought is limiting to us, that a belief is limiting to us, that it's restricting. Identification is key. It's constricting. It's keeping us from being who it is that God has called us to be. So first we have to identify the belief system. But then next, like you, you talked about this, we have to assess the belief. So where did you come from? What's your purpose? What is your intended purpose? What what is it that you desire for me 
to to do from this thought, from this belief system? And is that aligned with the enemy's plan for my life? Is it aligned with, and if we want to get away from that, is it aligned with me being who I'm supposed to be? Or is it aligned with me staying stagnant and staying stuck and staying caged and staying kept? And I think that it it even goes a into it in a different way. I, I take a different approach to that. Like, is this healthy? Is this beneficial or is mm-hmm. it unhealthy? Mm-hmm. And, and literally allowing myself to, when I remember, right. Because we're not saying that we do this all the time, but there is, there needs to be a, a track record of breaking down the barriers of our minds and the mindsets that no longer are uh, beneficial to our life and what we are going to live for. And so as we remember to pause and to think about our thoughts in that assessment, is this healthy? Is this really benefiting Jasmine? Is this benefiting the relationships that I want? Is this benefiting the, the, the purpose that I feel and the assignment that God has given me in my life and how I envision my life according to what he's revealed to me? Like, is it healthy? Is it beneficial? And that's a part of the assessment process as well. And literally taking taking time to reflect on the last time I thought this way, how did that help me? <laughs> the last time I, that thought came to my mind, what actions did I then therefore take after I thought that thought? And so, wow, thought that thought, that sounds weird. Thought but, that thought while you thought that thought. Okay. But (laughs) what happened? What was the behavior once that thought settled into my mind? And I came, ooh, I came into agreement with that thought. Mm -hmm. And I said that, you know what? I'm going to believe you. I'm going to entrust you with the rest of my day. I'm going to let you have your way in my mind and in my heart. And then what behavior then therefore took place. And is that the same behavior or the same response that I want to happen this time? And I believe that when we really start to process that way and we really start to slow down and we really start to take inventory of the thoughts that are in our minds, we will find that most of our behavior in the past is not the behavior that we want to be repeated. And most of the thoughts that we've had or the beliefs that we've had or the beliefs that we've allowed to control our minds are not what we want to be controlling our minds, period, point blank. No, that's so good. That's so good. Taking inventory of the thought and also identifying what am I partnering with? Mm -hmm. What am I coming into agreement with? um, And how is it impacting my life? That's so good. Jess, let's talk about, um, because I know we've talked about this a lot, um, but what are some thoughts that, or even just one, you, you mentioned the I can'ts earlier. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think in in some ways, a lot of us have had to overcome I can'ts and are Mm -hmm. still overcoming I can'ts, but what's something that's specific to jazz that was a, a limiting belief or a limiting thought that we had or had at, at some point in life or are still working with what's, what's a thought, something that, that you've carried or have, have had to deal with in the past. When I think of um, limiting beliefs that I have overcome, I think the one that screams out the most to me is that I wasn't worthy of love. Um, I wasn't worthy of love, which fed into the fact that I thought I wasn't enough, um, which then led me to people pleasing and trying to please people by my actions and my words and um, doing the most sometimes to make sure that I felt validated and I felt seen and I felt all of these things. And 
Um, it was a limiting belief of mine <laughs> that, and and at the time I didn't know it was limiting, right? At the time I didn't know that it was something that was keeping me from being authentic. It was keeping me from having the desired relationships and impacts in impact in the relationships that I was a part of or the influence in the world that I was called to have. I didn't understand that it was keeping me from that. I thought it was actually helping me get there. But when I started to recognize that this was not producing an authentic woman, this was not producing an authentic Jasmine Renee, um, this was not helping me to achieve the the calling on my life and and I'm not saying that I was striving to get to a place but walking in the authority and the identity that was placed over me when I recognized that this was not beneficial or healthy then I started to shift that but yeah I definitely struggled um and if I'm not careful let me be truthful about that and if I'm yes. not careful today I can easily not as easily but I can get back to a place um if I'm not mindful Mm-hmm. If I'm not living mindfully, if I'm not being intentional about what I'm speaking to myself and who's speaking to me and allowing God's word to wash me. And if I'm not being intentional in my being a part of the communities and making sure that I'm checking in with people who are trusted, um, Holy Spirit field or trusted mentors in my life, if I'm oh not careful, I can get back to that place. And so now that I know that, I know what my triggers are, or I know what can bring me back to a place. I have to be intentional not to get back to those spaces, into those places. And I have to be intentional to remove myself when those spaces are around me and they're not beneficial for me any longer for the growth and what, for, for what God is calling me to. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I just want to backtrack real quick and say, um, yes, Lord, and amen for the fact <laughs> that, that, because I think that people need to understand that, Awareness is key. Like it really, really is. And I love that you highlighted, like, if I'm not careful, this is a thought that has, has full, full ability to take me where I don't want to be. And I think that people need to know that, that there's no like place that you ultimately get where these thoughts may not appear. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's what you do with it when it does appear. Um, And you talked a lot about that, like the the community, the people you surround yourself with, you even being in touch and aware um, of of your own and that self-reflection that you talked about is so important. So um, I love that because I think people need to know that and they need to know that perfection is not the goal. It's not the goal. It's it's not the goal. Never was. Never was the purpose or or the intent. Yeah. So um, I think for me, one thing and praise the Lord, because he has really, I mean, just in the last year, if I'm being honest, like help me to really overcome this, uh, the, the, the Lord, like you said, allowing the word to cleanse community, having I talk about, I feel like every episode I'm probably going to shout out my dope therapist because she's amazing. Um, But having the right voices in your life, one of my mentors has been extremely like instrumental in my life the last two years. But I think that um, one of the thoughts for me growing up, and it's something that I think was very, very early on in, in my life, was that Jewel is too much. That Jewel is too much. I think my family... You guys know, you know, I had personality. I love to sing. I used to make up songs, y'all. Um, a songwriter. Listen, um, but I I had a, a quite a personality on me. Um, and yes, you did. 
Yes, I did. And um, I think that that is something, like I said, very early on that was kind of ingrained from a young girl is that, girl, you too much. (laughs) Um, And so I think that the way that that played out or as I got older, as I grew up, we can talk about the physical manifestations of that. I won't get into that today, but someday we might dive into that. But just emotionally in the way that I showed up in spaces and in places and in relationship with others looked like heavy shrinking, heavy suppressing um, who it is that I really am like who who I am the the freedom and the creativity the the joy um the laughter the the personality that Jewel is I would suppress that I would suppress a lot of parts of myself of who God really designed me to be um because I didn't want people to feel like Jewels too much. I would have opinions about things and I would keep them to myself. I would um, have observations. The Lord would show me things and I would, I would keep them to myself. I wouldn't share what it is that I was seeing. I wouldn't be vocal, as vocal as I wanted to be all the time. And I think that in a lot of spaces and a lot of places, I would suppress who I was. It took and it has taken a process of really diving into community and self-reflection and understanding like where that thought came from, where that belief came from, but also like understanding that it's a whole lie. Um, And are there things that are a part of who Jewel is that the Lord definitely needed to refine and needed to develop? Absolutely. But I think that the thought that we are too much or whatever was definitely a lie. Yeah. And I love what you said about, um, it ties back into earlier, we were talking about, we're not, it's not about perfection. It's about progression. It's about becoming, it's about learning, it's about development and growth. And you just spoke to that. Like there were things in your life and things in my life that God needed to restructure or re reframe in our minds about who we were and who, you know, we are supposed to be. And it wasn't, that we were wrong, but I think just out of alignment, right? There were things that he needed to perfect in us and is still perfecting in us and will continue to be perfecting in us while we have breath on in our bodies and we are on this side of heaven, right? Yeah. And so it's not, it's not a checkbox. It's not a, we've arrived, (laughs) like this is a continual process, but I just love that you spoke to that um, continual development and uh, reframing and growing and maturing and becoming and allowing that to that process to take its take its state. So, like as we're talking about limiting beliefs, um, what do you think is like the key? Like, okay, we have these limiting beliefs. We have these. Things that maybe we've carried since childhood, um, the I can'ts, the I'll never be good enough, the I'm not worthy of love, the I'm too much. We have these thoughts. What is the key? So we've identified the thought. We've assessed the thought. We know it's limiting. We know that it doesn't have, it doesn't feed health. It doesn't feed progression. Yeah. And so I think, honestly, I... (laughs) I think of it as a research project, which is kind of interesting because I'm not, I don't really like research. I research what I want to research, but when it comes to school, it's not my jam. But so you've identified a problem, 
you have then assessed why it's a problem, where did it come from, and all these things. And so I think the next step then becomes to address it. And and that looks different for a lot of people. So, and and I think, mm, let me pause, before we address something, we have to figure out, is this something that is so significant in my life that I need to address right now? Do I have the capacity to address it right now? Or is this something that I can be aware of, be mindful of? And I put this to the side right now because I don't have the capacity because what we don't want is you jumping into the ocean and can't swim, right? So we don't want you to jump into the ocean of, of your limiting belief and then trying to uphold this limiting belief address this limiting belief and try to like swim to shore at the same time, it's not going to work. And so recognizing your capacity for addressing this. And then if you find that this is something that is significant and it is something that you're ready or not even ready, but able to address, then I think finding out what does that look like? What does that process look like for you? And so I think that would be the next step for me from a research standpoint, but also practically. Do I have the capacity to address this? And is this so significant and impactful in my life that it needs my attention right now? Is this so, so, so limiting that it's hindering me from progressing, from growing, from becoming, from evolving into who I'm supposed to be called to? And and sometimes you're going to think that you don't have the capacity. And I think this is why community is so important is that sometimes you think, oh, I don't know. I don't think I have it in me to do. But somebody who's been watching you can remind you of the progress that you've already made. Somebody who has been mentoring you can speak life into you and say, no, I think you do have what you do need at this moment. And and the more that you continue in this journey and the more that you continue in this process, you're going to recognize that you have everything that you need to get to this place and what you will need will be added to you. But right now, I think you have a a good good, uh, amount to start. You know, for me, one of my favorite uh, scriptures, if we want to just talk from a biblical standpoint, one of my favorite scriptures is the scripture that talks about taking our thoughts captive and making them obedient to Christ. And I think a lot of people talk about this scripture. A lot of people mention it. I've mentioned it before, but I think sometimes we don't practically Break down, like, what does it mean to take a thought captive? What does it mean to make a thought obedient to Christ? And I think it's just what we've dove into tonight, where we've talked about identifying the thought, assessing the thought, addressing the thought. And so I want to, like, just dive into that so that people that are listening that are like, okay, like, yeah, the scripture says take the take the thought captive make it obedient to Christ. But practically when, when my mind tells me I can't do something, when my mind tells me I'm too much, when my mind says, Hey, go spend a hundred thousand dollars, um, on a a house that I can't afford or, or go do this. How do I, how do I make sure that the thoughts that I'm having, that the beliefs that I feel are aligned with the word of God and, and how do we do that? So we assess, we identify, we address, but let's break that down a little bit practically. Yeah. I think part of that process we've kind of already talked about with just before we can identify, there has to be a knowing that there's something to be identified, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And so I think a part of that comes from our relationship with the Father. It comes from our relationship with Holy Spirit is recognizing that, hey, 
something is a little bit off right here and um or something is not giving <laughs> what I want it to give. It's not giving. <laughs> it's not giving. Um and so I think that inviting God into all of those processes with us, those thinking patterns into our life. Like it's not, we're not compartmentalizing his presence in our life. He's Mm -hmm. in everything. And so I think when, when we have him in everything that then it's a lot easier sometimes to take that thought captive because you've already paused to reflect on, all right, how have I been thinking? And if you're like me, sometimes I'm and you don't have to be like me, but sometimes I, I literally chop it up with God like, hmm, I just thought that, that and I don't think that that, you know, I don't think that that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, And having those conversations with him or trusting, okay, I think I'm thinking about this in a little bit of a non-beneficial way. And so at that point in time, I know within my community, I have trusted people I can call and say, hey, this is a thought that came through my mind and I've been kind of ruminating on it. And in that conversation with trusted people who also live life the way that I live life, I can say, this is where I'm at. And I can trust that God, the God in them will speak through them, right? Yeah. God in them can, can say, you know what? I feel you. I validate you, but no, Yeah. <laughs> or I feel you and I validate you and let's walk through this because I'm not sure either. And I think it's that trusted honest conversations that I have with God, that I have with my community, um, that kind of helps me to practically walk those steps out of taking that thought captive. But I believe that it starts with knowing, it starts with knowing that I might need to, I might need to pause. Yeah. I think that's so good. It's almost like I had like this little just idea of like the minute that a thought comes, it's like, you ever seen one of those commercials where somebody just like grabs something and they put it in a box and they like run off with it for a second. Like Tom and Jerry, was that the one with the mouse and the cat? Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah. So like you just kind of grab that thing. And I love how you were, how you connected it to a pause, but it's kind of like that. Like we literally need to take it captive. Like we literally need to pause, take that thing and do what we need to do with it. And sometimes that looks like going to a trusted voice. Sometimes that looks like, God, I know your character. God, I know your voice. I know what your word says. I know the qualities of who you are. And this doesn't sound like you. This doesn't sound like something that that you would say. This doesn't sound like your heart. And so being able to assess that thing in captivity, um, in captivity, assess it. And I love that you talked about trusted voices, because I think even for us as sisters, like that's something that we have to do often is get on the phone. And sometimes we like, listen, I know I'm probably tripping, but I'm going to tell you, no. I'm going to tell you, you know, what, what's, what, where I'm processing at. And, and we have those conversations. And so I think it's really important to be able to be in tune one with the Lord, one with Holy Spirit, because we know that the Holy Spirit is a corrector. He is, he's invested in our lives. And so he is a corrector getting into the presence of God. We don't compartmentalize the presence of God. It's literally a part of who we are. And one of my favorite 
scriptures in the Bible. And I think I have a lot of scriptures. And I feel like I'd be saying that. I was like, that's my favorite scripture. That's my favorite over there. But um, but that's one, all right. One of the fav one of my favorite things, and it, it literally when Jewel needs some humble pie, when Jewel needs to like really just humble herself, um, I go to Isaiah six, chapter one, or chapter six, verse one through whatever, when Isaiah was taken up into a vision of God and he had an opportunity to see God in all his holiness, in all his glory. The word says that in that moment, he saw himself. He saw himself. God revealed in the, in the, in the glory and holiness of who God was. God allowed him to see himself. Isaiah said, woe is me for I'm a man of unclean lips. And so I think that when we know we get into a place of presence and we live a life in a place, a constant habitual place of presence with the Lord, it allows us to see ourselves. It allows us to do that examination and do that addressing. And I love that you said that trusted people in our lives who also live their life that way, who also are yielded to the leading of the spirit. You can trust when they say, no, you off, boo. You off, sis. <laughs> bro, bro, that, that's not the Lord. We have an ability to listen and an ability to then, okay, say, okay, that, 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 all right, I'm tripping. So I just love that you said that. That's really good. Yeah, I, I love your example of Isaiah because when I think about that, it's he saw himself. He came to himself. He saw himself because the Lord presented a mirror before him um, and allowed him to see who he was running from and to see, you know, a part of himself that wasn't looking at the man in the mirror. And so I just love that you that you pointed that out because I think it is so it's so important in the process of overcoming limiting beliefs or breaking down the barriers to limiting beliefs that these aren't beliefs that other people hold about you per se always. They are the things that you hold dearly for within yourself. And so literally taking that time to reflect and taking that time to really understand the limiting belief, because sometimes we want to rush past it and I'm just going to overcome it and not believe it anymore cool. If you could have did that 10 years ago, you would have done it. Right. But we have to be intentional Mm -hmm. to make sure that we are giving the amount of time and attention and the the amount of processing to this limiting belief so that we can therefore be strengthened and courageous enough to overcome it. And so I think it just speaks volumes. It speaks volumes to the process. Yeah. And it's like the renewing of the mind. It says, be not conformed to the world, but transformed through the Mm -hmm. renewing of your mind. And that transformation is a process. It's a continual thing that we have to do every single day. It's not a one and done thing, because like you said, if we if it was a one and done thing, it would have been done. It would have been done 10 years ago. Already done, done. It's already Already done, 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 done. Yeah, it would have been done. And so that transformation process is an ongoing process. It is something that every time these thoughts appear, every time this belief system tries to creep back in or show itself again, I have to go through this process again of taking it captive, of addressing it and and examining it to make sure that it's aligned with what it is that God wants me to be doing and who he's called me to be. And so I think that that's really, really good for sure. Yeah. Mm. The transformation. Mm. I think it is so beautiful too, because we can talk about the transformation of in our own personal lives of how 
we have overcome limiting beliefs or limiting patterns or limiting behaviors and literally looking back on how the process of navigating those things has transformed us, has let us be the people that you hear before you, the people that you see before you. It has literally been a beautiful transformation that we have not done alone, that we have done one with one another, but we've done with our, with Abba, <laughs> like we've been in the uh, the trenches and the valleys, okay, of the shadows of the deaths, <laughs> okay, um, literally working, putting in the work and allowing the work that we have done and the work that we do in our careers, like all of it has literally worked together to help us overcome those barriers and to create new belief systems and to implement new belief systems. And I think that it's just been a beautiful process. It always has not felt beautiful and it has for sure looked trifling. Okay. (laughs) It has really looked trifling. trifling, but to reflect on that, and to know what it has done internally for us and, and how it has just changed us and shifted us gives me hope and, and gives me an element of courage that I would not have had if I said, I can't do this, if I can't overcome this limiting belief, if I can't move past this false accusation or this false belief system, I wouldn't necessarily know if I had the courage to continue to face them. Because let me be honest, they still exist, Okay. There's Listen. still some more, there's still some layers being unveiled yeah. in my life. And so I am confident. Hmm, I am confident in the assurance of those that I have within me and around me, within my community and around me, that I can continue to overcome limiting beliefs and I can continue to make an exchange um, yeah. in my life. Yeah, I was just thinking as you were talking, just about like literally the value of us being aware of the belief systems, because when we're aware, then we're able to then communicate those to the people in our lives, the people that do hold us accountable. And those people do serve a purpose and they, they, they add value to us in our process of overcoming those belief systems. And I was just thinking about that because I know I talk about therapy a lot, um, but even, you know, in conversations with you, with, with my therapist, with Octavia, even with, with friends and stuff like that, you know, there will be times where those thoughts will creep back in and it's the people in your life that are able, because you've unveiled, unveiled yourself in such a way to the people in your life, like they're able to then say, Hey, that right there, that right there, that's that's that thought creeping in. That's that thought that on the underlying whatever of what you just said connects to that thought that we that we've been talking about. Um, and so I think it's just so so important and so valuable to have those trusted voices and and those places that we are able to be vulnerable with and we're able to be naked. One of um, Ella. LMA. Yes, um, Naked With. Come on, That was somebody. one of her first songs that um, I was like, oh, yes. Like, I just want to be naked. I want to be able to be naked before you, um, friends, um, people, and not physically, but I want you to be able to see me. And I think, I'm sorry if I don't have the right person, but I believe I was watching Kev on stages, um, him and Melissa's podcast, the Love Hour podcast, and they had Shamira 
on there who's a sex therapist and Mm -hmm. she talked about intimacy. And I believe it was her, but she said that intimacy is just like into me, you see. And we have to have people and relationships in our life where we're able to really have that intimacy, that we're able to see into them and speak and kind of hold them to greatness. Like we've been talking about that a lot, but holding people to greatness, holding them and reminding them when some of the thoughts and some of the behaviors and some of the things are more unhealthy or are pointing back to uh, an unhealthy or a negative thought or a limiting belief system. And so I just think relationships are, are super important and spaces and places and environments that support and promote our thought process and healthy belief systems is everything. Absolutely. And I love that you said being naked before people, because as you were saying it in my mind, I was like, yeah, I need to be able to bear myself, my mind, all of that is jasmine before you. And and of course, we want to be in those trusted spaces and then those trusted communities. And I want to encourage you, if you don't have that community, if you don't have that trusted voice or that trusted space, one, God is present for you. Um, he, he literally is safety. He literally can handle it all. He has the capacity to handle all of you and everything that you bear. But I also want to encourage you to, in a little bit of a challenge, that if you have not found those spaces, to start to cultivate those spaces, start to have those types of conversations with people and start to begin to create those types of welcoming environments around you. Because I guarantee you that if you're not able to find it, there are other people out there who are not able to find those spaces. And so sometimes instead of just saying, I can't find this space or I haven't found it yet or blase, blase, we have to begin to be the solution and start to open up ourselves to be those spaces for people. And so I just want to encourage you in that as well. That's good. Listen to jazz, y'all. No, just saying. Uh, uh, listen to Jewel, and this is Holy Spirit flowing. Shoot. Come on, somebody. <laughs> um, but yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening. Um, this was, I think, I feel like limiting beliefs is a topic that we could literally, you know, dive in like forever. There are tons of different intricacies that have to do with limiting beliefs. We can get into imposter syndrome. We can get into fear um, and all these different things. And maybe we'll break down some of those other um, areas. But I think for tonight, we're just really excited that you guys tuned in and that you hung out with us for a little bit. And we wanted to just invite you guys, if you are watching this and you, this is your second time or your first time, tuning into the Sis How You Doing podcast. This is just a space that Jazz and I decided to cultivate. It's our norm. We're sisters in real life, as I like to say. Uh, This is my real blood sister, okay? Um, (laughs) And so we are used to and have gotten into the practice of being naked before each other and being vulnerable and cultivating safe spaces for us to discuss the very things that we're talking about um, and that we will be talking about on this podcast. And we just wanted to invite an audience of people that also want to learn and grow as we're learning and growing, want to learn how to be vulnerable, how to be accountable um, to someone else. There might be a time y'all going to hop on here and uh, we're going to have to check one another. Um, and, and that's okay. 
Um, <laughs> but we just wanted to create this space and really show people that that this level of relationship and the depth of relationship is something that God desires um, for us to have. And it's beautiful and it's powerful and it's impacting. And so thank you so much for tuning in. So if you guys are interested in just journeying with us and you want to get social with us, connect with us, we are on social media at Sis How You Doing Podcast on Instagram. Uh, You can find us on YouTube as well. Our YouTube channel is Jewel and Jazz. Episodes will be available on YouTube on that channel. Uh, You guys can catch us on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, all the places, right? So we just want to thank you so much for tuning in this week and episodes will drop every other Monday. So we'll see you guys in two weeks and we're so happy. We pray that you have a blessed week. Thanks y'all. Bye. Bye.